Section 202 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain Letter 268 Blackheath, July 27, 1764 My dear friend, I received two days ago your letter of the 11th from Dresden, where I am very glad that you are arrived safely at last. The prices of the necessaries of life are monstrous there, and I do not conceive how the poor natives subsist at all, after having been so long and so often plundered by their own, as well as by other sovereigns. As for procuring you either the title or the appointments of plenipotentiary, I could as soon procure them from the Turkish as from the English ministry, and in truth I believe they have it not to give. Now to come to your civil list, if one may compare small things with great. I think I have found a better refreshment for it than you propose, for to-morrow I shall send to your cashier, Mr. Larpent, five hundred pounds at once, for your use, which I presume is better than by quarterly payments, and I am very apt to think that next midsummer day he will have the same sum, and for the same use, consigned to him. It is reported here, and I believe not without some foundation, that the Queen of Hungary has acceded to the family compact between France and Spain. If so, I am sure it behooves us to form, in time, a counter-alliance, of at least equal strength, which I could easily point out, but which, I fear, is not thought of here. The rage of marrying is very prevalent, so that there will be probably a great crop of cuckolds next winter, who are at present only cocos in herbe. It will contribute to population, and so far as must be allowed to be a public benefit. Lord G., Mr. B., and Mr. D. are, in this respect, very meritorious, for they have all married handsome women, without one shilling fortune. Lord must indeed take some pains to arrive at that dignity, but I dare say he will bring it about, and by the help of some young Scotch or Irish officer. Good night, and God bless you. Letter 269, Blackheath, September 3, 1764. Dear Friend, I have received your letter of the 13th past. I see that your complete arrangement approaches, and you need not be in a hurry to give entertainments, since so few others do. Comte Fleming is the man in the world the best calculated to retrieve the Saxon finances, which have been all this century squandered and lavished with the most absurd profusion. He has, certainly, abilities, and I believe integrity. I dare answer for him that the gentleness and flexibility of his temper will not prevail with him to yield to the importunities of craving and petulant applications. I see in him another Sully, and therefore I wish he were at the head of our finances. France and Spain both insult us, and we take it too tamely, for this is, in my opinion, the time for us to talk high to them. France, I am persuaded, will not quarrel with us till it has got a navy at least equal to ours, which cannot be these three or four years at soonest, and then, indeed, I believe we shall hear of something or other. Therefore, this is the moment for us to speak loud, and we shall be feared if we do not show that we fear. Here is no domestic news of changes and chances in the political world, which, like oysters, are only in season in the R months, when the Parliament sits. I think there will be some then, but of what kind, God knows. I have received a book for you, and one for myself, from heart. It is upon agriculture, and will surprise you, as I confess it did me. This work is not only in English, but good and elegant English. He has even scattered graces upon his subject, and in prose, has come very near Virgil's Georgics in verse. I have written to him to congratulate his happy transformation. 
As soon as I can find an opportunity, I will send you your copy. You, though no Agricola, will read it with pleasure. I know Mackenzie, whom you mention. C'est une délice, cette cave. Make mine and Lady Chesterfield's compliments to Comte et Comtesse Fleming, and so, Dieu vous aille un sai sans garde. Letter 270, Blackheath, September 14, 1764. My dear friend, Yesterday I received your letter of the 30th past, by which I find that you had not then got mine, which I sent you the day after I received your former. You have had no great loss of it, for, as I told you in my last, this inactive season of the year supplies no materials for a letter. The winter may, and probably will, produce an abundant crop, but of what grain I neither know, guess, nor care. I take it for granted that Lord B. surnagera encore, but by the assistance of what bladders or cork waste God only knows. The epileptic fits of the Duke of Devonshire, for which he has gone to Aix-la-Chapelle, and the advanced age of the Duke of Newcastle, seem to facilitate an accommodation, if Mr. Pitt and Lord Bute are inclined to it. You ask me what I think of the death of poor Iwan, and of the person who ordered it. You may remember that I often said she would murder or marry him, or probably both. She has chosen the safest alternative, and has now completed her character of femme forte, above scruples and hesitation. If Machiavel were alive, she would probably be his heroine, as Caesar Borgia was his hero. Women are all so far Machiavellians that they are never either good or bad by halves. Their passions are too strong, and their reason too weak to do anything with moderation. She will perhaps meet, before it is long, with some Scythian as free from prejudices as herself. If there is one Oliver Cromwell in the three regiments of guards, he will probably, for the sake of his dear country, depose and murder her, for that is one and the same thing in Russia. You seem now to have settled, and bien nip at Dresden. Four sedentary footmen, and one running one, font équipage l'est. The Germans will give you sign excellence, and the French ones, if you have any, monseigneur. My own health varies as usual, but never deviates into good. God bless you, and send you better. End of section 202. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.